Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington, and this is one of those bonus episodes. I got an email from Jay, and basically, he needed some help. And I'm going to read out the email that he sent originally. I'm going to give a little advice. We had a little bit of back and forth. I just wanted to confirm some of my assumptions based on the question. And you probably know from the title, it's generally dealing with when people don't believe in you. And I hopefully can motivate some folks, although you may have heard me mention before, I'm not a cheerleader. I'm not good at specifically motivating people or getting them to you know, do something that they're not really into. It's not really my style. I am fortunate that I'm generally self-motivated, which is you know, a blessing and a curse in some ways. And it's fine. Uh, like I just generally am not highly motivating. If you don't want to do something for yourself, then I'm not here to convince you. You know, I figure, hey, go do something you want to do where you don't have to push yourself too much because you want to do it. So anyway, we'll go over those couple things and then I will highlight one little piece on the back end on how Jay sent this email to me, which it didn't come off very well initially, but I wasn't I wasn't quite sure what was going on. So I I didn't automatically judge Jay for what was in the email and we moved forward and everything was fine. I'll tell you about that later. Here's the meat of the original email. The reason for reaching out is that I'm struggling. I really am. I believe in myself and believe I have so much talent to offer inside of me that is highly underutilized that it tears me up inside. I really want to change that. My biggest problem is that no one takes me seriously. How, when you first begin to get people to take you seriously about your goals and ambitions? Thanks for your advice. So... My initial reaction was, you know, fuck the other people who really cares if they believe in you or not. They don't really need to take you seriously, but what you can do is the work and execute on the talent that you have inside of you. And I actually hate the cliche, but it is useful here. Be so good that they can't ignore you. And that's been, I think there's a book I think maybe by Cal Newport, but he, he took it from other, other places too. And it's probably an idea that's been passed along several times. There will be people that will want to help you, but really that's only after you start working. They will show up as mentors and teachers and maybe their peers, but they're more advanced in certain areas and they'll be able to help you. They'll help you out. They will believe in you. They'll be your cheerleaders and they'll motivate you when you are not motivated. I thought that maybe it was Jay's family and friends that aren't taking him seriously. And I'll, I'll come back to that in a second. But th that was my hunch. I kind of read between the lines and I thought, hey, maybe he's telling people he wants to do these things. And they're like, sure, whatever. Sure, you're going to do that. So further, I think probably his family and friends were in a spot where they stick to the general narrative. Maybe they don't want to see other people try things that are different. 
I'm pretty much retired. I, I don't use that word because I work and I work on fun projects. But if I told people about retiring under 40 from my old job, especially early in our careers, most people would have laughed and they would have told me all the reasons why it won't work out. There would be no shortage of excuses and reasons why I couldn't do it. Now, I never even mentioned retiring early or anything like that to my coworkers, but after working on it for a few years, shit, I didn't even need validation from them. They could tell me why it's not working. And I'm like, well, fuck, I already stopped working a corporate job and I don't have to worry about it anymore. So you tell me who's right, which, you know, I don't have to have those conversations. Further, me personally, I developed a pretty thick skin as a kid. And generally, I don't need much external validation. I don't know why that is exactly, but I, I just don't. Other people are different. And if you need more validation, that is obviously 100% fine. Everyone's a little bit different. And I'm sure our backgrounds and how we were raised and the environments we were in and the support that we got when we were trying to do different things uh, and maybe just the chemicals in our brain too. But people are different. I don't need much external validation. It's nice occasionally, but in my sort of maybe more cynical outside, I'm not sure what sort of philosophy. I definitely am more towards the realistic side, the cynical area, maybe a little nihilistic occasionally, but, but generally, generally I don't need too much external validation. And further, I know if I get positive validation or negative validation, I don't, I try not to let it affect me too much because it's just this, this different sides of the same coin, really. So I recommend that Jay find other people that can support him, maybe a mastermind group or a group of entrepreneurs. And mastermind groups were great for me because we all were kind of working on the same thing. I like groups of like two to four or five people. And these are non-paid. When I say a mastermind group, it is a self-managed group where you get together and you talk about the stuff that you're working on. They might be working on the same exact kinds of things that you are, but it could be different, right? So I have, I'm very interested in podcasting right now, but I actually could be in a mastermind group with someone who works on YouTube full time. We're content creators. We face the same kinds of challenges, just in different environments. But mastermind groups are great for the support and you can learn and help help each other out. I mean, really, that's what it is. You could potentially go to forums or Facebook groups, but those are, well, I don't spend time there. So take it with a grain of salt. But I think those are kind of bullshit overall. You, you got a lot of people who are noisy, very active in the forums, and they sound so fucking convincing, but they may not know what they're talking about. That's kind of what I see. Of course, there are good forums and there are good Facebook groups, but generally that is the kind of stuff that I see where the noisiest people, the most convincing people are the ones who have the least amount of experience. That's just my observation though. So Jay wrote back and said, I want to thank you for re replying back. It means a lot. 
He says he loves the fuck it mentality. And as a general rule, he applies it to everyday life, but over time it weighs on him. I did ask how old he was. He says he's 32 and he's been trying to be an entrepreneur for a while, like uh, apparently like 14 years or so. And he also mentions he's helped eat, uh, eat, uh, let me try that again. He's helped other people create startups while his was left to the side and even copied. And he says he would love to hear my approach on selecting the right mentors, avoid costly mistakes, not just monetary, but emotional as well. And he says that's something that's, that stunted his goals and ambitions and it wasn't a give and take relationship. He also said, Hey, the family stuff, it's a long story. So I think I was probably right. Family and friends weren't um, very supportive, didn't really help him out. So that's, that's not great. But a lot of people face that. And sometimes, you know, that chip on their shoulder helps motivate them even more. Further, Jay says, a mastermind group sounds great, but it's been difficult for me to find people that have similar ambitions. And while I have friends, they're not in the same level of desire for entrepreneurship. And in the groups that he is in, everyone's focused on their goals rather than working on goals as a collective. He struggles with that. So yeah, for selecting mentors, I'm not really sure. I know I found it extremely helpful for me to take expensive courses and then go to the office hours and you would get direct coaching from someone who has gone through exactly what I'm trying to figure out. And then further, they've also talked to a bunch of different students. So they not only have their experience, they've seen other people do it that are on the same level as me or a little ahead, or a little uh, behind. So that is one good way. Of course, I just said expensive courses. One great thing with the expensive courses is all the other students in there, they also paid a lot of money. So it automatically filters out the people that aren't serious. And I've formed mastermind groups with people in courses or expensive membership groups just to have access to network with people that take it as seriously as me. You don't have to do that. Another approach would be just to go to, you know, a bunch of meetups. It's great to meet in person and actually see who you connect with. A mastermind group might only last for six weeks. Maybe you design it that way. Hey, we're doing six weeks. We're going to meet every week and we're going to get together Um, and talk for an hour and a half, and it'll be sort of like a quick accelerator type deal. Or you can space it out a little bit more and meet an hour every two weeks and just keep meeting sort of indefinitely. It's totally up to you. There's no right or wrong way to do it. And, you know, mentors and the mastermind group, it's something you will have to figure out on your own. For me, I typically formed my own groups and sort of facilitated things a little bit. I kept notes. I sent out the meeting invites. I kind of organized things and ran the meeting because that's where my background was. I ran meetings as a project manager. So it was fairly straightforward for me to do the admin bullshit that most people don't want to get into. So I was able to form groups with people who were maybe a little bit ahead of me. Maybe they were a little better than me. Just, I mean, (laughs) like 
objectively, they were ahead of me and I was organizing stuff. So I was able to pull together a group that was, I, I was the dumbest one in there and that's how you can learn the most, but I was doing the legwork, right? So I, I pulled it together, pitched the idea and people were into it knowing that I was at the level that I was at, but it's a great way to do it. And honestly, running a meeting is not that hard. Sometimes you have to jump in and interrupt people keep the schedule going so no one takes too much time or you end up having an hour and a half long meeting when it was supposed to be an hour. You know, you got you to gotta manage a couple things like that. But again, that is where a lot of my skills lie. So overall, hopefully, Jay, this has been helpful, but I think my my advice ends up being, hey, you just got to get to the get to it and get to the work, and then you know hopefully you'll find your people that can support you. But you know no one's gonna no one's gonna feel sorry for you. No one. I mean this this is the truth. Most of the time, no one gives a shit about you. They don't care about your projects. They don't care about what you're working on. No one cares. It's just like people are in their own head. So if you need the external validation, again, which is fine. I do not look down upon that at all. But if you need more external validation and you need more support, then a mastermind group with some peers is probably the best way to go because they will get exactly what you're going through and they can help motivate you as well. So the last little part, and I'll I'll finish this up quick here. Actually, before before I get into that, I got another podcast called Mile High Five. We talk about personal finance, financial independence. I'll put a link in the description here so you can check it out if you haven't already. And we interview some pretty awesome people, people that have retired early, people that are just on a different path than many others. So check that out, Mile High Five. Okay. Jay sent this first email to me and the subject line was your baby's ugly and opened up. Hey, Doug, your baby's not ugly. At least I don't think it is. I heard this is the one of the most open subject lines in the, in the world or subject lines and emails. Did it work? And the problem with this approach is I get a lot of marketing emails and I thought this was spam automatically. And I, I have a big dislike for insincere bullshit subject lines that are purely there to just get you to open it. And you may notice most of my subject lines are as about as they are as straightforward as you can get. I'm not trying to trick people. I have, you know, when I was learning, I experimented and and maybe I tried one of these and you know, it gets the curiosity, but the problem is it, I mean, I don't, I don't have a baby. Um, it's slightly offensive. It's just a dick move, right? But I could tell by the way that Jay asked the question, hey, I'm struggling. I really need help, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, is this bullshit or is it a real email? So I replied back and I was like, "Is oh, I'll read it verbatim. Is this a real email or is it spam? If it's real, why don't you try again with a non-clickbait headline? I read all my emails. So it's not necessary to be cute or use some trick. And that was the nicer version of what I initially thought about writing back. Because again, I mean, I don't want to get 
emails that are insincere, especially where someone tried to trick me to open the email. I don't need that, right? I get a bunch of other emails. I have other things to tend to. So I don't want, I don't want anyone to be insincere like that. If you have sent me an email and it didn't write back for some reason, it probably got lost in the shuffle. I do get quite a lot of emails. I do try to reply back to anyone that acts asks me that asks a legit question. Sometimes it's not possible. Sometimes I get behind and then, you know, it's like three months and then I reply back. That happens occasionally. But anyway, be cool on your emails. You know, be sincere. I read them all. You don't have to use clickbait. And I suspect most people do not want to get those kind of uh, subject lines either. I could be wrong. I'm wrong about a lot of things. But that is that is my that's one of the tips, you know, just be sincere and you'll probably be much better off. People will receive your message in a more genuine way. That's all for today. I hope you dig these short episodes. Let me know. Feedback at Doug.show. Please let me know if you like these. I like doing these short ones occasionally. It's kind of fun. So we'll catch you later on the next episode. Mm-hmm.